Hello, 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 and welcome to the Cinema Judge. To all my regulars, welcome back. You guys are incredibly phenomenal. I can't thank you enough. But now, if you're a first-time listener, let me briefly tell you what our show is about. We love movies. The movie studios, they send us interviews, on-the-set footage, red carpet interviews, movie clips, the whole shebang. We put it together to make one giant infomercial. We collect the evidence and give it to you. I'm not here to tell you to see a movie or not to see a movie. Because any movie is somebody's favorite movie. Who am I to tell you not to see something? We've all walked different paths. So for me, I just like to delve inside of a movie, get all the details, and get all the information. I consider this a movie oasis. A place where you could come and just hear about a movie. They, they tell you what they think, what they, why they did it, etc., and then you come to your own conclusion. We don't sit here and yell and holler and complain about Hollywood or this person or that. That's not our jam here. Leave that to the professionals. I just like to sit down and learn about a movie. And to you movie lovers, that's what I try to do. Because what it comes down to is this. We all want to spend our hard-earned money wisely. So we all want the same thing. An enjoyable movie experience. That's it. And that's what we do here. Now, speaking of that, just about having fun, we have a real fun one for you today. Cocaine Bear. I, this is just the kind of movie where you just you just want to sit back and have fun. And that's why I so admire the director, Elizabeth Banks. I mean, we know her storied career. She's a great actress and directed a lot of great movies. And I could go down the line, but most of you know what she's done. And, she, and here's the deal. This is what makes her different than so many other people out there. Being a, such a you know famous person, you think sometimes you get stuck in that track of every movie has to be profound or mean something or I have to make a statement, not there's anything wrong with that. But be, have the inner strength to make just a fun movie. Yes, this is based on actual events. Well, I mean, it's inspired by a real event where back in the, in the 80s, this guy would, a drug dealer would drop cocaine in the middle of the forest and his people would go get it. Well... What happened one time when they dropped like 70 pounds or whatever it was, a bear got it, and then voila, it was bedlam from there. Well, not necessarily bedlam, but that's where they go with the story. In real life, I think they found the bear, you know, with his, its heart exploded, you know, or something, and they realized, oh my goodness, he, he ate all this cocaine. So what Elizabeth Banks did was she took that a step further and goes, what would have happened if... It hadn't died. It had gone out and found people. So that's why I admire people like her. A, she's a great actress. B, she's a great director and producer. But she can still have fun. And you'll hear that later on in interviews with her. But this movie also stars Carrie Russell in the late, great Ray Liotta. I mean, that guy is just a god in my mind. But without further ado, here's a trailer for Cocaine Bear. Medic! Oh, Jesus. What is that? Beth, we should go. 
Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky this morning in Knoxville, Tennessee. There's more of this out there. They dumped it somewhere. I'm looking for my daughter. Forest is a dangerous place. Hey, Henry, check it out. Something got into it. A deer, maybe. A lot of cocaine was lost. I need you to go and get it. No, 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 don't eat that, don't eat that. Let's see what kind of effect that has on The bear, it did cocaine. A bear did cocaine. There was a bear. A bear? It was Hey, that's inappropriate. You're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course I can. <gasps> it kind of seems like the thing that stays with the man forever. Apex Predator. <laughs> High on cocaine. <laughs> Out of his mind. Oh, oh man, you. What the f with that bear? Shoot it! Bear speeder! Don't ever come down. We have such good luck in nature. I mean, come on. Who just doesn't love this concept? I mean, just even when you hear the name Cocaine Bear, it's almost like snakes on a plane. You have to see it. You have no choice. Our inner movie junkie goes, duh, I'm going to see this. And this kind of movie you have to see with your friends or family, the people that you laugh with. This is that kind of movie. Even if you don't see it, maybe right away in a theater. And I get that. You have busy lives. But I hope. People find a time when it comes out either on DVD, on demand, or whatever your you know, personal device is that you watch movies on. Because this is just sheer fun. And that's that's just the bottom line. Now, speaking of, of that, we have the director, Elizabeth Banks. And again, what a great director and just a person. I mean, when you hear these interviews with her, she's just, she just sounds so normal. And I know it sounds whatever it sounds like, but it sounds like somebody you could just sit down and talk to. You know, yes, of course, I'd be freaked out beyond nobody's business. But she has that personality of just like, hey, dude, don't worry about it. Let's just chat. And in this interview, she talks about the the house is based on a true story or where they got the inspiration from. And then just talk about how they were able to move on from that. And just say, hey, we can take liberties and because no one's ever seen a bear on cocaine. So let's just roll with it. So this is her talking about all that jazz. They found a black bear in the Chattahoochee Forest on Blood Mountain. Those are all real places. And the bear had consumed what they thought was about 70 pounds of cocaine. The bear could have really interesting behavior because it's high on cocaine. So yes, it's going to be real and as real as we want to make it, but we had a little leeway to play with the bear's behaviors because no one's ever seen a bear that's high on cocaine. That was sort of like... The bear's superpower, if you will. You know, the magic that we could literally sprinkle onto our bear. I just love getting in the heads of these talented people when it comes to making a fun movie. 
when they're explaining everything about it, because a lot of times it's so easy when you're talking about a, a very powerful movie with this deep meaning, or like I said earlier, but having them explain why they decided to take on such a bizarre type movie and the studios greenlit it and they just, you know, wasn't just video on demand or through a streaming f- service. This is like the release, like back in the 80s, 90s, where it was just a fun movie and they released it. It didn't have to be a blockbuster. It didn't have to be a tentpole, just a fun comedy. And that's what I feel has been missing lately because I realize it's a billion dollar industry, but just put out these kind of movies that are just fun, easygoing, and you can just go there and laugh with your friends. Now, speaking of all that, we're going to have producer Brian Duffield and he's going to be talking about this movie and the script. And then after that, we're going to go to the mega producers, Phil Lord and Chris Miller. I mean, these guys are legends. But they, they talk about the script and just everything involved in it. But this is what i got to let you guys know. There's several interviews, you know, A, these ones coming up and other ones down the line, where they're doing some, some stuff tongue-in-cheek. So obviously it's not meant to be sincere or real. So, she, you know, when the first producer says... Well, you know, well, I'll, you know, I'll just let him speak. So first, it's going to be those producers talking, and then we're going to go to Elizabeth Banks, and she's going to talk about the script. It's about uh, a bear who comes across massive amounts of cocaine and eats it, and then ruins a lot of lives, but learns sobriety at the end of the day. It's often compared to the Fast and Furious franchise, and much like that franchise, it's about family. Yes, it's true. Uh, but really, it is, uh, it's a really sweet story. These two kids and their friendship and a mother-daughter story and a family story. Uh, on the, um, on, even on the drug dealer side, there's a lot of sweetness. Uh, so it's the type of thing that you come in thinking, oh, this is going to be a fun romp. But then you're surprised that it's actually uh, got, got a lot more going on. We all saw the same thing in the script. And you have to remember, this is not a script that everybody like reads and is like, that's a sure thing. <laughs> it's pretty intensely specific what this movie is. And um, I just felt like uh, I never was going to worry about, you know, not being on the same page about tone or jokes and that they were going to be very additive as producers in terms of pitching on the script and, you know, the characters and the casting and all that. I just, I think they have impeccable taste. I'm an absolutely ginormous fan of theirs. I loved working with them. And I, I knew that this would be a positive experience because of all that. And it was, you know, they were nothing but super supportive the entire time. I just feel so lucky to have had them in my corner. I mean, working with all these talented people, Lord and Miller and Banks, those, all them together, what a team. The the comedic history and just the abilities that they all have, that must have been just an awesome set. Now, coming up next, we have a featurette. Now, let me tell you briefly about what we have in these featurettes. The studios, they send us this pre-packaged mini commercial, for lack of a better, better word. And in that, there's clips from the movies, and then they intersplice interviews within that. And they have on-the-set footage. So at the end of the show, I'm going to give you a website in case you want to watch the TV version of this so you could watch these interviews. I'll give you that. But in these featurettes, they talk about the movie. You're going to hear from a lot of the actors, and they're just going to you know, talk about the movie more. It's just, like I said, it's a mini commercial with scenes, clips, and all that stuff. Here it is. 
this bear is gonna f some people up. When I first heard about Cocaine Bear, I just remember thinking, it's a hell of a title. A bear? Cocaine? It's a cocaine bear. It's a comedy, but scary. We have such good luck in nature. It's so out there and bizarre. And the real story is out of control. Millions of dollars worth of cocaine fell from the sky. Andrew Thornton II, this notorious drug runner. He threw bags of cocaine into the Appalachian Mountains. The drug dealer went to go find the duffel bags, but what found it first was a black bear. And the bear had consumed 70 pounds of cocaine. And what happens when all these characters come together in the Chattahoochee Forest? That bear's worth 14 million. I'm looking for my daughter. Bears are very peaceful creatures. You're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course they can. Oh, Horror and comedy are like two sides of the same coin. I'd love to not remember that. But it kind of seems like the thing that stays with the man forever. I essentially make comedies and I put them inside of other movies. And this is a comedy inside of a horror movie. I, I don't like this, please stop! Ooh. I've gotten the opportunity a few times to work for actors turned directors, and EB is just wonderful. She loves improvisation, and she has this unique feel of what is funny and what is true. The bear did cocaine. A bear did cocaine! This is exactly what I think would happen if a bear was on cocaine. There you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> the bear. It loves cocaine. Wow, are you shooting at me? And as I said earlier in the show, I'm going to give you the website so you can watch us if you choose to. You can watch it anytime you want, 24 hours a day, at your own leisure. And before I moved on from this, I want to briefly tell you, I was kind of, sometimes I have a lot of stuff, like all these TV shows that I've done first that become these podcasts. I have some like, oh, I could do this one now, I could do this one now. But a couple weeks ago, I was watching some interviews when they were talking about movies that are coming up. It was on some live TV show. They talked to this person. They talked to this person. And they were talking about, oh, hey, yeah, this, this movie, Cocaine Bear. They're, you know, talking lighthearted about it. And they're talking to this other person. And they, they're just, this other person was like kind of putting it down in a sense. And I'm like, who are you, you pompous bozo? You know, they're just entertaining us. It does, it, you don't have to compare the two or this or that movie or whatever. It's, we want to have fun sometimes, buddy. So it was on kind of like general principle. I got really irked at this individual. I'm like, who are you to like kind of put down this movie? I mean, just because your movie might be wildly different and you want people to go to it. But come on, are you for real? So after I saw this interview with this individual, I'm like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'm going to do cocaine bear first. You know, yours will come later, but how dare you do that? It was just my personal little soapbox. Because that's what the movies are all about. Entertain us. Some make you laugh. Some make you cry. Some make you think. And just because this movie isn't the one that you made, come on, buddy. Don't be a chump. 
I digress. Now, coming up next, we're going to have an interview with Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Now, this guy, he is just an actor. I mean, he has had so many TV shows, movies, voiceovers he's done from The Five Bloods in 2020, Cedar Rapids in 2011, Black Klansman in 2018, Pete's Dragon, he did a voiceover in that one, the TV show Your Honor, and another great show, I Care A Lot. This guy can do it all, and I just I just wish he was in more stuff. But if you look at his um, film career, it's amazing. And it's just he just he just steps up. He just does his roles. And what I like about him too, and in this interview, when he talks about his character in the movie, he actually is talking about it like a real movie. And I'm not saying it's not a real movie, but him being an actor, a real actor, I I don't that's, that word real sounds stupid, but he's a you know. When you look at him, you go, yeah, he's an actor. And he's trying to, you know, really describe this movie in a professional manner without any sarcasm. And I just love that. He's a professional. So here is Isaiah Whitlock Jr. talking about the movie and his character. Cocaine Bear is a movie about humanity. It's about uh, uh, how we go about... uh, dealing with uh, the elements, dealing with nature. Uh, I mean, it's in the script, Cocaine Bear, but then you have to say, you know, what else is there? I portray the character Bob, and uh, I'm a detective. Uh, I've been looking for these drug dealers for years. I finally sort of get my chance to uh, go after them and, and make this my one big lifelong case uh, so I, I have a very interest in, in trying to uh, <clears throat> uh, solve this mystery that everybody's been trying to <clears throat> solve. Uh, but I want to be the guy. This would make my career, which hasn't been going that well <clears throat> up until this point. Probably just from hearing his voice, you know who I'm talking about. You can just see him right when he kicks off. You're like, ah. That's the guy you're talking about. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from O'Shea Jackson Jr. Now, you probably have seen him in Straight Outta Compton, Godzilla, King of Monsters, and Longshot, just to name a few. And in this interview, he just talks about how fun the script was and how he just couldn't refuse. And immediately after that, we're going to hear from Adita Sood, a producer, and he's going to talk about O'Shea Jackson Jr., and how perfect he was for this role. The script was so unique to me because, uh, I mean, listen to the story. You know, it's uh, it's definitely a wild ride, a lot of blood, guts, and glory. And how could you not see a film that is based off a, a bear eating 88 pounds of cocaine and murdering folks? I'm there already. O'Shea is... is- is hilarious. I mean, he's just like his his energy is fantastic. He just he brings this cool, you know, disaffected uh, energy to uh, to David, and it's really the person that we always had in mind to play him. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from producer Max Handelman, and then director Elizabeth Banks. The a they talk about the movie a little bit more, but I like the interview with Elizabeth Banks because she talks about how. Why certain things that they were aiming for when they're making this movie, who knew what during the situations when they're out there, who was aware that the, the bear was on coke and who wasn't. So check it out. This is set in 
in the mid '80s in in Georgia, in effect, and and which is not Los Angeles or not New York, where you know the '80s were on full blast. So we wanted again to kind of ground it in reality. There there are certain characters that would be dressed more '80s than not, and certain characters that would have hairstyles that are more '80s than not. So we wanted to use it as certainly as as a detail in the film that. Um, allowed us to kind of go back in time, but at the same time not make the 80s kind of the central conceit or the shtick of the movie. I think the movie has 17 characters and 11 of them die. And every death couldn't be a bear attack. You know, we had to upgrade each death. I wanted to surprise the audience. I wanted to make sure that we didn't repeat ourselves, that everything built to something else. And it was really important to me that we show the fallibility of the humans in the story that this bear is not the big problem here. The humans are the problem. One of the other things that's always going on in the movie is who has the information that the bear is high on coke and who doesn't. And when, because once you have the information, you know to be really afraid of the bear. And if you don't have the information or you don't believe the information, then you're in trouble. But here's the deal. Whether you know the bear's on cocaine or not, it's still a bear. Again, Black bears that react differently than brown bears. What's the saying? Black attack, brown lay down. Because sometimes you're able to scare a, a, a black bear if you act, act really tall or big or make a lot of noise. But when there's a brown bear, you just better lie still and just hope to the high, whatever you worship, that they're just going to just walk by you. Now, in that vein, we have a clip for you. Now, in this scene, we have two hikers <laughs> they're out there taking pictures and they're like, oh, hey, look at, look at the bear. They're, they're clicking away. And then one of the, the guy starts looking through the camera, taking pictures. And he sees this bear, like banging his head against this tree, like just going nuts on the tree. He's like, ah, something might be slightly a foul here. And she's like, nah, nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. And then they cut to the bear standing up like a few feet away from him. This, you know, yeah, I've always wanted to see a bear in real life. First humpbacks in Iceland. And now this. We have such good luck in nature. Huh? What'd you see? Hmm? It's demented or something. What? Can I get the camera? Yeah. Give me the camera. Demented? I, I, I think we should leave it. It's, it's something wrong with it. Come on, come on. Come on. So cute. Oh, there's nothing to be afraid of, Christopher. I'm not afraid. That's a... Oh, sweetie, no, of course not. Now, like I said earlier in the show, this movie stars Carrie Russell. I mean, look at this woman's incredible career from Felicity, Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, The Americans TV show. If you've never seen that, wow. The movie Antlers in 2021, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes in 2014, Mission Impossible 3, Waitress. She just, look look at that range of movies, action, horror, adventure, drama. You name it, she's able to do it. Now, in this next interview, we're going to hear from the director, Elizabeth Banks, you know, just talk about, wow, being able to work with her. I mean, just look at her career. Then immediately after that, we're going to play a clip. And in it, Carrie Russell's walking 
along this open field and the young boy's behind her and he's talking about, well, you know, is it okay for the bear to do cocaine? There's, there's a lot of subtext in this little scene of the kid asking Carrie Russell, what's, is this, what's, what's the ramifications of this? And is it okay? It's just that little kid asking the mother, what, what would happen? And, you know, anyway, I'm going way beyond what I should hear because the scene will, scene will speak for itself. Like I said, subtext. Here's that scene. Carrie Russell, I just knew from my past experience with her, from everything she's done in film, that she would enjoy the tone of the movie, but she would play it totally straight. And that you would just want to root for her and that the audience just loves her. I mean, who doesn't love Carrie Russell? All the way back from Felicity, you know? And that she also was going to be, had the strength physically to do all the physical things in the movie and, and really be like an action heroine, which is something I love seeing her do. And she gets to sort of play with just enough in this movie. Mr. McKendry, have you ever done cocaine? What? Why do you ask? Just wondering if it has long-term side effects. For the bear, of course, if it just did a little bit. Well, it could create a habit for the bear. What if they never want to do it again? Oh, then it should be fine. But Mama Bear and Papa Bear will be very angry because drugs, especially cocaine, are very, very bad. What if they would never find out? Oh, Henry, we always find out. Kids and their questions. You gotta love it. Especially in those situations. (laughs) The kid, zip it. But all that being said, up next, we have Jesse Tyler Ferguson. Now, most of us know him from Modern Family. Now, I just can't believe when I really think about that. From 2009 to 2020. Now, that is one long-running show. I mean, but it was incredible, of course. But you just, sometimes you just stop and think, wow, that was on for a long time. But he also did the voice in Ice Age Collision Course in 2016. And he's also in Untraceable in 2008. In this interview, he talks about his character and what he perceives him doing. But then after that, he talks about his relationship with director Elizabeth Banks. And I love hearing these interviews. I don't know why. Because sometimes you think in Hollywood, you know, people are just jumping from project to project and, and so be it. They only have those few minutes together. But there are those times when you create a real friendship. And he talks about that. And these kind of stories just, you know, go, oh man, that's really kind of cool to hear. And immediately after that, we're going to go into a clip. And in this clip, his character's running through the woods and... The little kid that was in the previous scene is up in a tree and Carrie Russell's character is standing on the ground behind a tree. And here he comes barreling down and he, he's all freaking out and he climbs up the tree and he has a conversation with the little kid. I play a character named Peter who's a wildlife uh, protection representative. Um, I imagine he works for the entire like region and he sort of just pops into different national parks to sort of see how, how things are out on the trails and, and make sure that all of his um, friends, animals, are uh, you know being taken care of. And he's there basically, re- he's like the animal's agent. Liz Banks and I have known each other for almost 25 years. Uh, she's one of my oldest friends. Um, and we have had uh, a, 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 not only a long friendship, but a, a very interesting working relationship. We met each other doing a, a small little indie film years ago. And then um, I ended up, she, she played my, my best friend on Modern Family for 
five or six episodes and got an Emmy nomination for that. And so when she called me for this, she said, I just feel like the next natural step of our relationship is you getting mauled upside down in a tree by a bear. And I agreed with her. I think that is the next natural step of our relationship. But I've never gotten to work with her as a director. I've just been such a fan of her as a director. So this has been really so much fun for us and definitely a moment in our friendship we will always remember. Where is it? Hey! What should I do? There's something wrong with it. Yeah, I told you there was. Why is it acting like this? Did you feed it cocaine? No, but you're safe. Bears can't climb trees. Of course they can. Then why are you up here? In seeing him play a character like this, <laughs> totally off-brand, is just great. It really shows what he's capable of doing. It's, it really cracks me up. Now, coming up next, we're going to hear from producer Mark Handelman. And he's going to talk about that, about how great of you know actor he is, and also about Margot Martindale. Now, you know her. She's been in so many shows and movies. And again, she's just like other people that you've, you know, you sometimes you're like, who is this? I don't know who, the, who are you talking about? But the second you see her or hear her, you're like, ha, okay, I know who you're talking about now. From the TV show, Your Honor, Miss Davis, the podcast series, The Method, The Watcher, American Crime Story, The Good Fight, Mrs. America, Bojack Horseman, Uncle Frank, Sneaky Pete, and on and on. What an extreme talent. So that's what we're going to hear them talking about her. And then also, she's going to talk about why she took this role. And I love her reason. Margot uh, Martindale, uh, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Elizabeth Banks, uh, they're all people who've worked together before. Um, Jesse is, is one of uh, our oldest friends. And, you know, they're, they're both fantastic dramatic actors who haven't traditionally done action sequences and probably haven't done horror movies. Um, and uh, so it was an opportunity to put these fa fantastic actors together um, who all have kind of a, a vibe and connection with each other. And, and uh, so, you know, we're playing off of the comedy on one level of, of Ranger Liz being smitten with, with um, Peter. And, but at the same time, they're confronted by this bear. And, you know, it's, it's your classic characters who are completely in over their head. They have no idea what they're supposed to be doing. And they're immediately terrified at making a series of bad decisions. When I first got the script for Cocaine Bear, what made me want to take part is the uh, title. <laughs> and uh, that Elizabeth Banks was doing it, and I think she's terrific. My character is Ranger Liz. I'm a forest ranger, park ranger, and I'm, uh, I really want to be good at my job. I try very hard. I don't know that I succeed, uh, but... Uh, and I have a lot of a lot of issues with some bad folks in my in my woods, and it's given me some trouble. She's so awesome. <laughs> I'll watch anything she's in. Now, coming up, we have a scene with her. Now, in this next scene, she's laying injured on the ground. They're inside this little cabin, and around her neck is a stethoscope. And a nurse is there tending to her. You know, you hear like this, you know, heartbeat going on, and she grabs a stethoscope. And she whispers in there, bear. And on the other side of the door, 
that's where the bear is. And there's a guy in there with them kind of going, oh, what should we do? And then wham, the bear knocks down the, the door and it traps the guy underneath it. While he's trapped, Margot and the nurse, they head out the door to go to the, to the ambulance. And the bear's jumping on this on the, on the door with this guy. He tries to reach a bag and he hits him. The bear goes, you know, fetches the bag and then he gets out from underneath the door and he starts barreling towards the <laughs> ambulance and ambulance is driving away and he's trying to catch up to it. But behind him, the bear's booking along after him. And then he jumps in the ambulance and in there, Margo's holding a gun and he's like, oh man, you know, what are you doing? I'm trying to shoot the bear. Well, shoot the bear. It's just, it's just a, it just sums up this movie really well. Check out this new clip from my movie, Cocaine Bear. It will blow your mind. A bear did cocaine. Yeah, that kind of blow. Beth, we should go. I mean, come on, what's not to love? It has everything you need. Action, comedy, mayhem, come on. Now, I try to listen to you guys as much as possible about how to improve the show, how I can do better. So right now, I'm just going to play several interviews just back-to-back so I won't step on in, you know, step on anybody's toes. You don't have to interrupt the flow of the interviews. So I'm just going to list off the people that are coming up next. First, we're going to hear from Alden Emmerich, who plays Eddie, and then we're going to hear from 
O'Shea Jackson Jr., and then producer Brian Duffield, and then we're going to hear from other producers, Phil Lord and Chris Miller, and then we go back to O'Shea, talking about how bummed he was he couldn't do a scene with Elizabeth Banks because she was a director. You know, sometimes people make guest appearances. He's like, oh man, I really want to do a scene with her. So I, I just, it's just really kind of cool to hear an actor talk about that. Like, man, I would love to do a scene with her. And then we go back to Alden again. And he talks about working with Elizabeth Banks because sometimes working with a director who's also an actor, there's that little communication that they understand what it's like. So he talks about working with her. And then finally, we'll hear from Elizabeth Banks talking about what she hopes people get out of this movie. It's about a bear that does cocaine. It's pretty uh, straightforward. So I liked it a lot. And I really liked the character. You know, I'm always looking for that. And it was, uh, I really loved that in this big, zany, uh, crazy movie, you also had some really sweet moments between these characters and some heartfelt things. And, um, and I just thought it was so, the main thing that was so attractive is just how weird it is. And it's so, uh, it's so uncommon to get a big studio movie that's this kind of out there and bizarre and fun. So, um, yeah, that's what drew me to it. Make sure that the people that you genuinely care about know that you care about them and uh, a a tighter and a stronger bond between friends and family is always warranted because you never know when a bear is going to eat cocaine and murder them. I don't know what else could bring people together more than seeing a bear do a ton of cocaine. Uh, And so I hope they have a blast watching this bear do cocaine. These characters kind of interact with a bear doing cocaine. It's, you know, it's probably, you know, it's funny. Universal said it was the second movie they've done with a bear doing cocaine after the Ted movies. People are always asking us, like, what are the top three survival tips for dealing with a cocaine bear in the wild? And the answer is you have to watch the movie, which is a true tutorial on how to survive. We're not going to give you these, you know, tips for free. Yeah, watch here on this. You know, promotional piece. Your survival watching this film. It's an important film. uh, Yeah. For your own safety. I was bummed that I couldn't do a scene with Elizabeth. I was. It kind of upset me. I was like, you're not gonna do no. You're not. You're not gonna do no cameo, no nothing. Yeah, you know, she uh, she's got her director hat on on this one. So I still gotta wait. uh, You know spar with elizabeth on 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 camera but yeah she's she's so hands-on she comes and speaks to you immediately uh her notes are always great uh she's always willing to try something with you and she's kind of like a player's coach you know she's one of those those directors who knows what it's like on both sides of the camera and she trusts her actors and i can't you you can't ask for anything more I've gotten the opportunity a few times to work for actors turned directors and it's just wonderful. Um, and, and, uh, EB as we call her is just, she's fantastic. She really, because she's an actor and such a wonderful actor, she knows, uh, how to address little things in the scene to help you. She has an understanding of what you're going through. She can feel it through it from the inside and give the right note just at the right moment. And, um, and has a great sense of humor and a great kind of feeling for where the movie lives and what that it is this tone that is has a lot of different tones and she has a great handle over it 
it's been a lovely experience. She runs a great set and really, I think because of her experience as an actor, is able to help you in a way that other directors aren't. I hope that audiences feel the movie lives up to the title. Cocaine Bear is a lot to live up to. And um, whatever you think it's going to be, it's everything and more. Now, like I said earlier, if you want to watch this on demand whenever you want, either go to the city of Bloomington, Minnesota's cable access channel or go to bit.ly backward slash cinema judge bit.ly backward slash cinema judge or like I said go to Bloomington, Minnesota's public access channel and you can watch it there on demand whenever you want now just as one side note for those of you who like kind of behind the scenes stuff like I do just so you know, when you're if you watch a TV version of this, at at the end of the show, I have several minutes of on the set footage. Obviously, I can't do that here because it wouldn't make any sense. But the TV version, I do have several minutes of on the set making of kind of really kind of cool stuff. So if you're into that, check that out. And also, if you're if you do watch that and you listen to this you'll notice there are some differences. I did move stuff around in this particular show because I was like, oh man, this, it flew better, you know, flowed together better this way than, than I originally did it when I did a TV version. But these are just little small details that a lot of people don't care about. But if you do, there are different things I put in different order on this compared to the TV version. Now, I really hope you enjoyed our in-depth look at Cocaine Bear. If you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, any way to improve the show, let me know. Cinemajudge at Hotmail.com or on Instagram, The Cinema Judge. And I'm on most of the other platforms. So if you're interested or want to talk, go ahead, search me out. I would love to hear from you. And I actually do have a face, Facebook group, I think. I, I started it a long time ago, but I've never really promoted it. Because, you know, I don't really know how that stuff works very well. But I did start one a long time ago, in case you want to look it up or join up or chat. Cinema Judge Podcast slash show or slash TV. Something of that nature. I, I should be more professional and have that, you know, ready to you know, let you know what it is. But there are, there is a Facebook group, Cinema Judge Podcast. If you're interested, let's talk movies. But now it's one of my favorite parts of the show. It's shout out time. For all you around the world, I hope my voice finds you well. This is when I shout out to everybody who listened to my last show. Well, not everybody, but as many as I possibly can. And I always like to think about this. Where are you? When are you? What are you doing? I mean, you could be listening to this two years from now. Or just the next day after. Or you might be driving to work, sitting at home, on vacation. And it's just, as I sit here in my basement, talk to myself in the middle of the night, it's just, I just love thinking about that. Like, you're a movie lover, I'm a movie lover, and we're all just listening to, what, what's this movie about? And it just tickles my brain. And it just makes me think, wherever, whenever, or whatever you're doing, this is for you. So, all the people from the United States, a lot from Vietnam, several from Poland, Singapore, Germany, and Egypt, Minneapolis, Minnesota, St. Paul, Minnesota, Morrisville, Pennsylvania, Ho Chi Minh, Vargas, Minnesota, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, St. Cloud, Minnesota, Littleton, Colorado, Richmond, Virginia, Glendale, California, South Hadley, Mass, 
And this one I'm not going to get right at all, but by Dodds, B-Y-D-G-O-S-Z-C-Z. And then there's more words after that, but butchered that horribly, but truly thank you for listening. And like always, you guys are awesome. Frankfurt AM, Maine, Hess, in Cairo, Egypt. Every one of you, thank you so very, very much. It truly blows me away that you guys take time out of your busy life to listen to this show, and I love it. And I really appreciate you guys listening. Let me share my love for movies. And if you do like the show, please follow, like, tell a family, tell friends, whatever you want to do. Because, hey, the more the merrier, right? Movies are good. But now, it's the bourbon shout-out. This week, it goes out to all the new friends and people I'm meeting and just having great conversations with. Because i recently been playing around with this Meta Oculus 2. Now, if you don't know what that is, it's this VR system. And you get to see people from all over the world, talk to people from all over the world, play games, go to all around and just look at streets. There's mind-blowing amount of things you could do on this thing. They're not advertising it very well at all. It's like, eh, yeah, whatever. It's just another doohickey thing. But, oh my goodness. If you ever are interested in just new games, adventures, and more importantly, just meeting people from all over the world. I've had such a blast talking movies and just having fun because you actually are talking to people all over the world, different time zones. And if the place that I go to a lot is Meta Horizon Worlds. And within that Meta Horizon Worlds, there are worlds that people create, like you and me. You can create your own laser tag. You could do a, a, just a normal bar where people just go around go around talking to each other. Whatever you want to do, people like you and me make these worlds. They provide all these tools for you. It can be as elaborate as you want or as simple as you want. It's like, oh my goodness, it's just mind-blowing what people create. And I've been just enjoying experiencing all these people, all these people creating their own worlds and they have music in there. People have karaoke. They play their own music. They take out their guitars. But one of my very, one of my top places I go to, it's called Ace of Clubs and it's created by Mikey Ace. If you ever go to the Horizon World stuff, check out Ace of Clubs. The place is a blast. There's zero gravity you're floating around, you're laser tagging people. It is phenomenal. I mean, I spent, sadly, sometimes way too many hours doing it into the wee hours of the morning. I'm like, oh no, I got to go to bed. But it's truly a wonderful experience. So check out that though. Ace of Clubs, Mikey Ace, you are awesome. Thanks for all the conversations. And everyone else out there, from a very British pub, the Rooster, in Wacky Guns Island, just to name a few. It is an amazing place with great people. But to you, Mikey Ace, cheers. But now, like I was saying earlier, you guys know I do the TV version of this first, then I turn that into this podcast. But when I'm doing the TV version, I'm free to do whatever I want. I am usually cranking the tunes in the background because that's my two loves, movies and music. Movies, music, music, movies. It's my happy place. So this one had a very 80s feel. The 
the movie, as they talked about early, earlier in the show, is kind of a harken back to that era, that kind of feel. So I said, you know what? I'm going to try to dial into that era because I remember it very well. So I threw on some of those 80s bands, some obscure, some really famous, from Ronnie James Deal, Greg Kin Band, The Firm, Faster Pussycats, Fabulous, Th- Fabulous Th- Thunderbirds, Planet P Project. They had a song called Why Me? Great song. I always loved that one. Lita Ford, L.A. Guns, Kicks. And if you remember that one, Don't Close Your Eyes. Oh, man, I used to just crank that in the car all the time. Martin Briley, he did a song called Salt to My Tears. Again, just <laughs> perfect 80s song. And also Great White. And, I mean, they had that wonderful, I mean, they had some great songs, but that one rocked me. I remember when that came out, I was working in a as a janitor and a busboy. And I remember riding in a, a freight elevator. I was going from one level to the other. And right in the middle of it, and there's this brick wall. There's no floor there. Written on there was called, there was somebody wrote on the wall, Great White, Rock Me. And I'm like, how did they even put that there? How did they stop it? It's, anyway, that moment just, for whatever reason, I always just stuck my mind going, you know, Rock Me, Great White. All right, cool. You know, so I was heavily into that mood. That was just some of the stuff I listened to. But I threw it down that 80s era. I'm like, yeah, okay, that fits. All right, I'm kind of on a roll right here, so I'm going to add a section that I don't always add on every episode, but it's pretty much, I call it, Guilty Pleasures. Those shows that you watch that you don't even want to admit to it, but they're good anyway. (laughs) Right before I did this episode, I watched Your Place or Mine on Netflix with Ashton Kutcher and Reese Witherspoon. I love those rom-com kind of movies. And this was, you know, kind of unique in its own way. You know, it was fun, and I strongly suggest seeing it. But the big, big best part of this movie for me personally, heavily, heavily influenced on so many songs by the Cars. And I don't know if you're familiar with the Cars, but check out their catalog. I have every album they've ever made. Well, most of them were on tape. When they came out on tape, I, you know, I have all their albums on tape. And of course, I upgraded to you know CDs later. But it was just like what? I mean, the, the huge stars, all these people. And suddenly, it's inf- there's tons of songs by the Cars. I'm like, yes! It just it made me so darn happy because they have such a huge impact on my life. I mean, uh, it's just for so long. I mean, every album, so many stories, and they're so unique. I mean, they're 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 part punk, part rock, part ballads. They 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 had so many different kinds of music, but that's what made them special. They didn't play by anybody else's tune. So if you ever do have a chance. Throw down the catalog of the cars, like like in the movie. They're just great. Anyway, that's my guilty pleasures for this week. Well, that is it. My glass awaits. I'm thirsty. So cheers to you and to the movies. So until next time, be well, be good, and I'm gone. I'm Jeff. Thanks for listening to The Cinema Judge. (laughs) 